You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You guys have had some losses in the past that were kind of shocking, and you want to regroup. Um, well, remember this. Every loss at OU is shocking. Remember that. I mean, I, and yeah, Bob told me that the other day after. And he, I mean, he's right. I mean, that's. I mean, rarely do we ever play a game that we're not favored, and rarely, you know, do we ever play a game that, you know, that, you know, that that everybody in the world doesn't expect us to win. So, you know, that's. They're all shocking. Trust me. Yeah. News team, assemble. back and bigger than ever it's the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com now here's the entire sooner scoop crew carrie josh eddie and bob Welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 brought to you by MidFirst Bank. Go to midfirstbank.com slash U40. That's slash U40. And uh, sign up for the OU Rewards credit card. Uh, MidFirst Bank is the official supplier of the OU Rewards credit card. Uh, so welcome back to the program. It is the bye week. And Lincoln Riley had his press conference yesterday instead of Monday. That was on Tuesday. Uh, now we sit here on a Wednesday. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know that really you heard him from the open there. I don't know if you you were still pissed off. You're still pissed off. If you're not, you thought that was my maybe a, a, a light moment that it was was uh, kind of endearing in a way. But uh, I, it didn't stop people when I put up the uh, video of that last night from going getting pissed off even more and and going with the. I don't think it's funny, Lincoln, because you know you do lose all these games that you shouldn't lose in your favor. Well, he's lost twice or three times when he's a favorite. So, I guess if you want to fire the guy, three times in three years. Alabama and Georgia and oh yeah, yeah, Georgia. Alabama and Georgia is is underdogs. Um, Even though they were number two against Georgia, they were two. That they were two versus three. They they were two. They were underdogs. They were. Yeah, I think so. I think Georgia was a two point favorite, something like that. You, and let's correctly. be clear, they you, should have won that you game. You would definitely yeah. know more than I would <laughs> on that one. Oh, I lost money on that game, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's time to get over it. Good news is you have a full week to get over it before they return to the field, so that will be good for everybody, I or I guess two weeks. Eddie has kind of been the uh, ringleader of this. He's been on the 538 playoff predictor. Oh, I'm just looking for retweets. I don't believe those numbers <laughs> at all. So, but I mean, literally, it is. It, it's interesting though. By the time we even were out of Kansas, it was like Oklahoma's position just increased in terms of the college football playoff. Well, what's the one thing that we know, Josh? It's that Oklahoma's a blue blood, so they got their blue blood loss free pass on Saturday. And th- there's only a select handful of teams in the country that if you lose a game or uh, at any point during the season, you have a chance to get back into the playoffs. And Oklahoma 
good news is one of them. Well, and how close were they to having one of the biggest dominoes they need to fall fall just that night when right. Oregon yep. almost slipped up against Washington State? That would have cleared one of their huge hurdles right there. Sure. I guess, should we backtrack and just your thoughts on the disaster that was in Manhattan? Um, You know, going back and looking at it, and I've I've even gone so far as to ask a few sources, I... I got the feeling watching that tape live and then watching it again for the idiot that there was, I don't know if Kansas State was getting, I don't know if they, they found a tendency, if they found a tip-off, kind of like, you know, we always talk about that Josiah St. John game against Texas where they kind of figured out by his stance what Oklahoma was going to do. There had to be something Oklahoma was doing because every time, not every time, but with incredible accuracy if oklahoma slanted down slant especially slanting left when they would slant left kansas state would run left right behind it and run basically at david aguebu and brendan radley hiles with a pulling guard and two blockers like that i don't care who you, i don't care if you're alabama you're not going to win that numbers game so th- they were just hit I, either the you know in eddie's parlance the oc was on an absolute heater or there was something happening. Like it was just felt way too consistently they were hitting it out of the park with their calls that there wasn't some sort of thing that they'd come to understand. Was it Benito too, or just when Aguebu was in? No, no, it was Benito as well. Okay. Like that, that's just the one that sticks out in my head. That's that's a good point. It wasn't like a. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were going at, at Buki. That that was clearly part of their game plan. They wanted to run right at him. And one of the things, and somebody on the board brought it up in the idiot thread, and it's it's something I noticed a little bit during the game, but I really noticed it during the idiot. Ryan Jones had a good game. Like you kind of didn't notice it because it, it was. I, I think I need to go back and look. He didn't have a lot of snaps, but when he was on the field, Oklahoma's run defense was infinitely better than when he wasn't. So. That's going to be something you wonder if Oklahoma kind of keeps that in their hat if someone tries to go with them again the way Kansas State did. It was almost just like the entire defense relapsed for a weekend. For just a weekend. Everything yep. <laughs> everything was so familiar to what they were doing as far as, uh, you know, and I, I tweeted it out after the game. We talked about it on the postgame pod. The, the numbers on third down were just incredible. And then when you back them up into second and 23s and they're still able to pick it up, it was just – it was so – I almost felt comfortable because it was like this, <laughs> this is this, this is what we know. This is what we know. This is what I've seen before. Uh, Honey, it, I'm home. Yes, I mean it was, it was oh, very familiar. Not so good old days. Third and thirteen. Um, third and seventeen. Missing tackles. Score a touchdown on a fourth and six. Like how many times did they back them up into third and eight plus? And they ended up scoring touchdowns. Like I, I they at least scored there was twenty-one no, points. I mean, how many? Well, how many touchdowns did they score on first and goal from the four? Too. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. They yep. could not stop them Red once zone they defense, got inside the five. Glory days. Here is uh, Lincoln Riley just talking about him, him himself looking back on the defense uh, from Saturday. You know, I mean, to me, it's two things. I mean, defense is you got to get the ball back. I mean, one way or another. And if you don't create turnovers and you don't get off the field on long yardage, like there's not very other many good options for defense. I mean, and so, you know, we haven't gotten turnovers the last four games, uh, but we have done a tremendous job of getting off the field. And so we've, in some ways, offset that by 
a ton of three and outs by being extremely good in the third downs. And uh, in this game, and, and not getting the turnovers puts a strain on your defense. I mean, you have to play at such a high level when you're not getting turnovers uh, because it forces you. You got to go out and execute, you know, multiple plays every single series to stop people. And so, and 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 against us, so many people are aggressive offensively. A lot of times, if you look at like the number of times we've gone for it on fourth down versus what people have gone for us, it's it's a huge disparity. And so, a lot of times, it's not just three downs. You have to defend four. So. You know, I mean, obviously there's two answers. I mean, we, we have to get turnovers. And that probably the biggest difference in the game, you know, really the other day was, you know, there was some quality ball played by both sides, both offenses, both defenses, a lot of quality ball. The, the, the biggest difference was, you know, Kansas State was able to take advantage of, of our missteps. And we didn't take advantage of theirs. You know, we drop a ball, they make a play on it. You know, they they made a couple of big plays and big moments we didn't make. You know, quarterback played fantastic, but he hit us in the face with the ball twice. You know, we don't catch it. I mean, those are the, you know, th those are those are the big ones. Balls on the ground, they get it. Ball in the kickoffs on the ground, they get it. You know, those those big game or those big opportunities. And so. Um, now for us defensively, you know, we've got to, you know, we've got to get off the field or we've got to get turnovers and obviously if we can do both, that's when you play at an elite level. Now the one the one opportunity I can remember, I know Bob and I had already gone down to the field at that point is Trey Brown had an opportunity. He he dove, but he clearly could have caught the ball, would have had it in Kansas State I don't even territory. know if he had to dive. That wasn't yeah. that it was a Skylar Thompson's thrown across to the middle of the field. He's got to catch that. He didn't need to dive. He could have just I caught think the ball. The ball. Would have been like the third you're you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah, uh, Bob. It, like you go back and watch the replay. Like it hit him on the bicep. Yep. Like he went too far. He, he went past the ball to make that play. And, and I'll say, guys, I, I I felt like you guys touched about it, touched on it a little bit during the post game. But I, I'd be interested. For me, if he makes that pick, I think Oklahoma wins that game. Yep. Like I, I just feel like that would have bought them the time they needed and the field position they needed Wouldn't have to used score quickly. Outs. And yep. then, exactly. Oh, I, I, I think that changes the whole complexion. They were one possession away, and I know that sounds kind of homerish, but <laughs> if they get the ball back, they're going to win the game. If they have more time, they're going to win the game. Uh, it just, I think I, I definitely thought they were going to tie it up for sure if they definitely. if they had gotten that onside kick. That was I mean. classic Lincoln by not saying if he would go if he would have went for two. Well, I kinda, when we asked yesterday, the way that he talked, I kind of thought he was going to go for two. I, I, same way, same way. Because he said something about momentum. It's like, well, there's no more momentum than getting an onside. <laughs> and then I think he said, I, I felt good if we had to, you know, if yeah. we got the ball, they couldn't oh, stop they, us. They definitely, I, Josh, I, and I'm definitely not. I, Lincoln Riley, you can be critical of uh, of the way that he managed that game, uh, but I was almost surprised a little bit as far as the way that they blew a couple timeouts there in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, all three of us were down on the field when they kicked the field goal uh, to cut it to seven there, and I mean they had to burn a timeout because I don't think that he was. I I really don't think that he. I don't I think, think Jalen Hurts knew it fourth down yet. Was it Hurts or Riley? Like, because Riley is the one that should be getting everybody ready to send out the field goal unit, or Beamer or whoever. Like, I, I just they they kind of shit on themselves in that in that little moment right there in the fourth quarter. And I think that you know ultimately, if you don't if you have two timeouts left, maybe who knows? Maybe you can get the ball back with under 
uh, what would it have been like a minute fifty or there's like a minute forty when they kicked. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so or call a timeout ten seconds before uh, uh, before they had to kick the field goal. Like I think six or seven seconds ran off there. It's like I just thought that they kind of mismanaged the end of the fourth quarter there. Oh, I, I agree completely. And you think about the other ti- uh, the other timeout when they did it off the Jalen Hurts sack. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not like it was going to be. I mean, the offensive linemen are the guys that are going to take the longest to reset. They're right there. There's nothing you had to do. You don't huddle anyway. I, that, that was one of the timeouts. I was like, man, that was. those are just too valuable in a game when you knew you had two possessions. Like, you were going to have to get the ball back again. And, I mean, because if you can save those two, then you can kick off and you don't even have to mess with the whole onside kick situation. Like, you, you still have that time available to you. So, I. I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's easy to second guess. Like, I understand. Like, if things work out a little differently, oh, Lincoln Riley's a genius and it all worked out and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, they did – it just looked disorganized. And I, I'd i be interested, like, was there – I know you guys really haven't had a chance to talk with anybody other than the postgame stuff, but I got the impression talking to some people that all week long in practice it, there was kind of a – I don't know, like, almost like there had become, you know, some guys reading their press clippings and – Rat, there had been the some rat poison all week. Yeah, like I mean, that, that's the vibe I got talking to a few people. Is that that maybe OU coming out not entirely focused wasn't that shocking? Well, man, I guess, and I'm sort of writing about it for later this this week. But what was the theme after the West Virginia win? None of this matters until we get to the national championship. That's what they kept saying. Well, maybe that was the problem. Maybe they did start to look a little too far ahead. Instead of doing sure. the one game at a time, yeah. that sounds boring, but probably gets the job done. And let's be honest. I mean, and it was I, it was just a perfect, uh, to be cliche, it was the perfect storm. Like oh, yeah. Kansas State, it was. that was Motley. That was that. I mean, was, yeah, well, Motley. That if you're gonna kick a guy, I said it on the post game. But if you're gonna kick a guy, make it count. Like, let's do something crazy. If you're gonna get ejected, make you it know, count. That that's just like. If Jaden Davis does it, it's bad. Your redshirt senior corner, that's God, that's stupid. Can't do it. Like I, I just can't believe he let that happen. And sure. he knew he knew they were in a tight spot number wise. And st- I mean, I, you just can't can't let that. I mean, that's the stuff that I've t- you know I, I talked about it in the off season with Parnell Motley stuff. I would hear from last year that it wasn't just like oh the coaching was bad stuff like that. Just mental breakdowns that didn't make any sense and things he would do and that. You're like, like you guys talked about earlier, it felt like the old shoe. Like you just found it. No, okay, here we go again. We're going to go to, but I, I went back and looked. Oklahoma gave up 426 yards to Kansas State. That would have been a better than average performance last season. Yeah. That would have been I mean, like their sixth like, best defensive effort. Still not 600 yards. It was ugly and it was terrible yeah. and it was just embarrassing for, for OU's defense, but it was still, you know, 426 yards. I mean, I, look, yep. here's, I don't really say I don't really buy into like you know them not being ready, um, I, but I do think there were signs that I believe in the the thing that Lincoln and, and t- he talked about this right after the game like that's really the first time this team has faced any kind of adversity on the road like that in a road environment. Like, oh, yeah. Texas, yes, half of the stadium's loud, but you also have your stadium. UCLA was a mausoleum. I mean, yeah, it was a home game. Going to Kansas was not a, a football game. I mean, no. this was a legit football game. And let's face it, they came out and they got up ten nothing. 
but they had as probably more negative plays than they had positive plays leading up to that 10 nothing lead and you finally saw Eric Swenson just becoming a liability on the offensive line and it was like you could see the offensive linemen were kind of fighting I saw Creed kind of jawing with other guys uh and John with Swenson and then I think Creed you know his snaps were terrible all day uh, so I mean, there was there were some signs that it, it just wasn't, you know, the normal Oklahoma team on both sides of the ball, and then the defense just completely collapsed, and and the offense couldn't you know couldn't hold up, and they keep the ball, and you run what fifty three plays or fifty six plays or whatever it was, it was just like Eddie said, it was a perfect storm, and there were signs of cracking before the you know before it started, but in the end, to me, this was a team that just did not handle adversity on the road well. Poorly, very poorly. And it's like, actually like what maybe worse than. I mean, we talked about Saturday night, but from about the four-ish minute mark of the second quarter to the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter, that might be some of the worst football Oklahoma's played. <laughs> I mean, we're talking in about yeah, we're talking about five a, six years. A team whose quarterback in Kyler Murray gave Texas Tech fourteen points right off the bat a year earlier. Sure, and they just came back and they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, I mean, Texas Tech is a horrible place to play. And that didn't phase that team. And I think it has to do with the offensive line and, you know, a lot more. Like, we really haven't, other than Jalen Hurts and CeeDee Lamb, there really isn't a whole lot of just, you know, senior leadership that everybody can look up to on the offensive side of the ball either. Well, yeah, I mean, like... Like, even, the defense probably even, has more leaders overall than the offense does Even right now. Creed and Lamb are are, are not seniors. Yeah. You know, Lamb's a junior, Creed's a redshirt sophomore, but you look to them. And neither one them, of those are vocal guys. Yeah, you look to them to be your guys in that type of moment, and you go back to what you were talking about. Uh, Kansas State said flat out, we don't think OU handles adversity very well. And it wasn't it wasn't like a big shot. It's just that they knew that OU had not been in, you know, in adverse situations. See that that's my that's my whole deal with that. Like we knew they didn't handle adversity. Yeah, because nobody's tested them. Like yeah. you can't say, yeah, we we. It's fine to say after the fact, but like they're killing everyone. Of course, they haven't faced any adversity. Like that's fine. You guys have faced adversity. You've lost a couple games. So does that mean you handled it well, or do you just know it? Yeah, that, like that uh, that that whole thing that was weird comment to me. I I completely agree as far as. It's really easy to say that after you beat a team, yeah, uh, and a team that had lost for the first time in 22 games in a true road situation. Yeah. That's won the Big 12 championship four times. It's like, well, of course they talk a lot of shit. They they've been really good over the last. And by the way, they're probably going to win the conference again. Well, and, and the flip side of that coin is okay. They don't handle adversity very well. They were down 25 in a hostile environment and came back and damn near won the game. Yeah, like okay, I mean I. I like I get it. Like oh, you got hit in the mouth. They all that stuff. They they didn't handle that second and third quarter. Like Eddie said, may have been the worst complimentary football I've ever seen OU play. Like it was just horrific. But at the same time, they could have laid down. A lot of teams would have laid down and died, and they didn't do it. I will say this: OU handled adversity. They got down forty-eight twenty-three. They handled it a lot better than the Big Twelve referees or Kansas State did in the post game. <laughs> because that, and I'm talking about, you know, the pool reporter and the Reggie Smith, the head referee, and uh, the statement that was given or read, it was it was a total joke. And I guess I just didn't think about how it was going to turn into that big of a deal. But the Big 12 had to have the head of officials come on and do his own teleconference 
because they handled it so poorly after they and we talked about this after it was over kelly hines of the tulsa world she had volunteered and it had been brought up i think you know everybody brought up like okay who's going to be the pool reporter to talk about this replay this onside kick replay to find out what happened and uh you know, people were sending us the rule. It was all over the place about illegal touching and, you know, being a player being blocked into a kick. It wouldn't be considered illegal touching if that was the case. And so we wanted to get an answer to that question for the rest. And the K-State people literally, you know, we we were contacting them as a media and they were like, well, we really don't think this is that big of a deal. <laughs> it's like, like it's like one of those things when uh, your yeah, parents... Yeah, of course you don't. When your parents told you something and it wasn't a yes or no, it was... You got to do this, like yeah. There was pushback from Kansas State. It's like, I don't, I don't care what you say. This you're, is you're not the middleman. Yeah. Take me to the person. Yeah, yeah. We want to talk to the officials, and so finally, uh, Kelly Hines was allowed to ask a question. Just that one. She had to submit herself, <laughs> and and we were sitting in there trying to craft what the question would be, and so then the head officials come back and says, "Well, the reporter didn't ask the right question." It was like, no shit. The reporters couldn't even talk to the referees. Like, just three weeks ago, idiot Mike DeFee had his own press conference <laughs> where he answered, like, five questions. It was like a Q&A. And then the Big 12 is saying, well, you have to submit a question to the Big 12 offices, and then we will let you know what the answer is. And the ref is, like, blaming Kelly Hines for not asking a follow-up question about whether something was reviewable or not when she was never even allowed to to ask a follow-up question. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like The the, the thing that I learned the most on Monday, Greg Burks, <laughs> dickhead. He's a dickhead. Yeah. Well, here was Lincoln Riley uh, uh, yesterday talking about the replay, kind of putting it to bed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know... You know, it is what it is. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of positives of it. You know, I think sometimes new situations come up like this where it shows some areas that, that the system needs to get better, you know, and especially on game-changing plays at the end where we got a chance to take a look at the whole picture. You know, you just you hate that we miss those, you know. But that's, uh, again, that's not what got us beat. We would obviously, if we had the ball, we're going to have a chance to win it, but we had plenty of other opportunities for that thing to not come down to a, a, a call that could go either way. And I mean, you had a really good angle of it, Eddie. Um, I just don't think that Austin Stogner really had a whole lot to do with why Trajan Bridges ended up where he ended up on the field. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I... It kind of is what it is. It's like, mm -hmm. unless it's called on the field, you can't really do a whole lot about it. And it's not reviewable it's whether not reviewable. or not it just, you know, that Kansas State person blocks someone into a ball. Yeah, it just and I mean, I think the moral of the story is something that we all agree on, and it's been said a billion times since Saturday. Don't get in that position. You're a 23 That's what Lincoln favorite. just said. So it just, uh, you know, it, it would have been a classic finish, I think, you know, obviously, it's presented quite the problem for Oklahoma here moving forward. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I I guess in a way, I just don't really feel sorry for Oklahoma. I, you know what I mean? It's like, it is what it is. It's like, they and now you see And now you see their path and that it's not completely ruined. No. I mean, they need, well, they, and it kinda, they need some help still. For sure. If, if you want Oklahoma to go to the playoff, which I'm sure a lot of the <laughs> listeners to this do, you need to be a 
You need to be a Southern Cal fan Saturday night. That's where it starts. You need to be a Washington fan against Utah. Against Utah, yeah. You, you, Which, I mean. Florida and Georgia, you realize, one of them will can't realize, each other out. Do you realize that UCLA controls their own fate <laughs> in the Pac-12? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they so can yeah. win out and play in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> well, the Pac-12 well, championship They have to game. win the well, Pac-12 championship. Win, but they, but they control it. If they win out, they will be playing in the Rose Bowl. That would be something. Uh, it would and they're be, actually playing decent football right now. Yeah, I mean, they beat Arizona State last week. I don't know really what that tells God, they're you. They're so I, up and down. I think that's just kind of... we. Can, there's a lot to get into when you talk about the college football playoff, but it just... Oklahoma would get in over at Utah. I have no doubt about that. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think that it kind of goes back to what our what our conversation was a week ago, just as far as... You know, things have obviously changed for Oklahoma. They're not going to go undefeated. But I guess that the, the the bottom line here is, is what would the committee do if Oklahoma's a Big 12 champion and against an LSU or an Alabama that didn't win their division? And, I mean, it could, it could be discussed for forever as far as which side that would be on. And we won't know for the next two months. Here's the thing about... I guess a o- month and a half. Yeah, too much. Here's the thing after this weekend that we didn't foresee either is that Oklahoma's schedule has gotten better since they, like, from the moment they lost to Kansas State, like, their schedule bump went up. Except for Iowa State. Except for Iowa State. But still, I but mean, one of those is going to go up or down. With TCU OSU, looks like a difficult win, the way things are going. Baylor, we know, is going to be a difficult win on the road in Waco. Oklahoma State looks less shitty. I mean, it's not going to be easy for this team to win out. Do you think it's interesting just as far as like, and everybody knows the national narrative out there on the Big 12, but it's just funny to me that you have teams like Baylor, who's obviously undefeated. Uh, you know, Kansas State's a perfect example of a team. If if they were in the SEC, that would be considered not a quality loss, but they would be considered a good team because they're, a middle of the road team, wouldn't you? Is that is that fair to say? Better than South Carolina, they beat Mississippi State. Uh, better than better Kentucky, than, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, Tennessee, 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 probably for sure. Yeah, like, but they're in the Big Twelve, so everybody looks at it and says, "Well, OU is a twenty-three point favorite. That's a shitty loss." I just, <laughs> I, I think I find that fascinating. The discrepancy between. Like team like in Iowa State's another example. I think everybody would agree that Iowa State's a decent football team. Didn't A and M just beat um, Mississippi State by like was a it, lot? Was yeah, twenty one. Yeah. yeah, killed them. And listen, I I don't think I, that yeah, Kansas K-State State shouldn't get A&M. credit. Kansas State shouldn't get credit for beating a Mississippi State. Like I think Mississippi State's a bad football team, but. But they're like a Texas A and M, I think. But if it turned around the other way and they were in the SEC, people would say. You know, well, it's just the strength of the schedule. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm surprised that the narrative is still out there that the Big 12 is just this shit conference when I think that most of the teams are decent. Like, I'd say they're okay teams. I think I did a good job of avoiding college football shows this week because <laughs> I didn't have to really... I, I, I haven't gotten that since, and it's probably because you watched college football. No, I haven't watched any of I that. haven't watched anything. So I don't watch that regularly i don't i can't look i can't go to my uh i can't look for college football takes from joey galloway david uh whatever david pollock david pollock come on 
What would it help? The other douchebag's name. I don't know who the new pencil neck guy is. They got in there, Matt Berry. I have no idea. Would it help OU if the wild if the Wildcats go ten and two because they've played Iowa State, Baylor, OU, TCU. They're set up to get some nice easy wins. Yeah, coming down their the big stretch. swing game down the stretch is going to be the, in two weeks against Texas yep. in Austin, and that'll be a big game for everybody involved in that one. Texas loses. How, how much has that taken the burn out of Oklahoma that oh, that Texas is pretty much out of the Big Twelve title race? Well, it should take the burn out of LSU then too, but you know, then they beat <laughs> Auburn and they beat whoever. I mean, they're going to play. Oh Alabama no, no, no! Now. I mean, I mean, for OU fans that were down about that ga- the way the game went, like Texas is their season's all but over, and you're hearing rumors that that whole thing is on the verge imploding. Of yep. Yeah. I'm just. I'm. I'm. Most I'm, of all, I'm shocked that Sam Ellinger has taken a nosedive. Yeah, he's been bad. Four, I thought he was going to be picks. better. Four picks. Not better as far as I mean. There that that whole thing is just it's kind of a shit show right now. And I I guess I understand the defensive side of it. Like they're just they're Injuries so beat up. And, yeah, they're playing a lot of freshmen up down there right now. But to say that I'm mad about it would be quite the. Uh, but in Texas, you don't get that excuse. You just don't. No, you don't get. I mean, Alabama's not using that as an excuse. You can't be young for like the eighth year in a row. Yeah. Loses its steam. No, I mean they've got guys that are you know started their career in the IT industry that are still young and waiting to develop. So that 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 team's the team that, that 2013 team they're still developing. Yeah, I mean they've been young forever, and I, just like it, OU, I mean OU loses Parnell Motley. That's not, that's not an excuse for losing to Kansas State. Losing no. the Larry and Turner Yell middle of the game. They lost two. Secondary guys, we know they're thin. That's just that's how it is. I guess there's a lot of question marks in this league too. Just as far as like TCU, I I didn't think there was any way that TCU could beat Texas over the weekend. And maybe they're different with Dugan Max well with Max Duggan being the dude. Yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. I, and talk about a team I mean, of let's question marks. Oklahoma State, TCU this weekend. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> like if Spencer Sanders turns the ball over more than two times, they'll get beat. That's just the way it is. I haven't even looked at lines yet. I got to imagine TCU's a favorite in that. Aren't OSU they? is a favorite. Field goal. It's in Stillwater. Yeah, yeah. I've. Yeah, I have no the, idea. The what's slate of college football this weekend is awful. I may just, SMU and Memphis doesn't blow your hair back. Um. No, I we're, may just ignore college football Saturday. We're we're well, going on our first first date night. We're 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 going to go to thun, the Thunder game. Against the, Pel- the Pelicans at That's four. That's weird that they play at four. It is. It's very that. weird that it's at four. You're so excited to announce that, aren't you? I. It's our first one in four <laughs> months. Pearl came is four months the other day. This is our first real date night. All right. October 1st. <laughs> so if there's another baby in nine months. Chalk it up. We'll see. We will see. So not only is it date night, but there's been some withholding, it sounds like, going on to me. Um... By the way, I want to remind you guys. Uh, why do I always do Whoa, this? Whoa, put the gun away. Well, I I don't know why I always do this. I do a sponsor segment after we said something awful. Uh, MidFirst Bank is your title sponsor for the Unofficial 40 podcast. Uh, we want to remind you guys uh, that they are the exclusive provider of the OU credit card. Uh, limited time offer going on right now uh, where you can earn $150 in bonuses. Um, that... Uh, all you have to do is go to this website, midfirst.com slash U40. 
That's midfirst.com slash U40. You can apply. It just says right there, apply now. You can get your uh, OU Rewards credit card with the uh, great big OU on it. So every time you hand it over uh, to pay for something, uh, people are going to know that you're big o, a big OU fan. So uh, you can apply right now. Just go to that website, midfirst.com slash U40. Uh, you can uh, register also for a chance to win the ultimate game day fan experience. So every, every qualifying purchase that you make with your OU Rewards credit card earns you a chance to win the ultimate game day experience with VIP tickets to a football or basketball game plus $500. You also enjoy 0% uh, APR for the first year. So uh, go sign up. Great partners uh, with us here at the Unofficial 40. Can't thank them enough. And uh, please go support uh, MidFirst Bank uh, signing up for that uh, OU credit card offer. All right. Uh, bye week is here. And we were kind of wondering, like, okay, how's how's Lincoln going to handle this? Like, is he is going to be a hard ass about this? So the coach is going to, uh, you know, force the players to stay and like do extra work? No, and that's kind of Lincoln Riley style. Like, he's not he's not that guy. Like, he's not old school uh, junction boy guy. He he's letting the players go home. He's not even letting any. He's not making anybody do any media this week. Which I don't, I don't know how you guys. I don't care. I really, I don't care. It's a bye week. I mean, we we talk about well, the guys, guy that's going to be the Cowboys coach in six months. <laughs> he's taking it pretty well. Well, he's got to have time to go meet Jerry this week. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Uh, JK, JK, Jack, and JK. you know, see if he really likes Zeke or not. Uh, so no, but it gives them a time. And he said that they, uh, they they rework the schedule. And they're getting it all. They're kind of front-loading it for this week. And actually, one thing that, that I wanted to throw out there, because we didn't ask about it in the post game, but it was thrown out there. And I feel like before we move on to bye week, we need to celebrate the greatness of one Gabe Burkich. Because, I mean, that mf'er kept them in that game Saturday. And he was the... I mean, like, of all the, like, if we had a player of the game, it had to have been Gabe Burkich. <laughs> Shit, if they would have got the onside, he would have been the player of the year. Oh, my God. I mean, that, he was very good. I don't, I think I told you guys, I turned around before he kicked the, the final one. I said, There's no way he's making this. Oh, yeah. The pressure underneath him like that, and then the 50 yarder before halftime. And it wasn't exactly like still, I mean, there, it was pretty windy that day. The, the now, State. I will say, the ones that, we're going towards that end zone. I think mm-hmm. he was with the wind a little yeah. bit. So, uh, but I mean, impressive. That was that was very good. But here's Lincoln when he was asked about Burkett uh, yesterday. No, he gave us a chance the other day. He was he was, should he may have been our best player on the whole field. He was he he did a tremendous job. I mean, those were big kicks. They weren't easy kicks. You know, either some distance or in pressure moments, and uh, did a tremendous job. So had a lot of confidence there in the end to, to be able to, to kick that and try to make it a, a one score game. So that yeah, was, he was fantastic. Um, uh, yes, yeah, the competition early was, was really close. I mean, it was, and I think, you know, both those guys did a good job. And then we also had some desire to, you know, try to be able to spread those jobs out a little bit. But, uh, you know, Gabe has just come on and he's, he's been a little bit of a gamer, you know, he does well in practice, but then, you know, he gets in the game and has a, uh, a good way about himself, good confidence. As far as I've been told, process is still uh, playing out. And that last question was about Caleb uh, Sutherland. Who uh, we'll never hear from ever again. That would be the last question about him. Yeah, just kick his ass off. <laughs> so, well, if he gets I mean, Title Nine out of there, <laughs> and he has no choice. Kick, they got a kicker. Just kick his ass off the team. 
I hate to, you know, diss my fellow Scotsman, but how the hell did he not how did he did he did he win this job really? Like how is that a thing? From every kick we saw from Sutherland all in the early part of the season, it was shaky. Anything that went in you were like, Well, that was close. Burkitt is drilling fifty yarders in clutch situations. Like I I mean, I get that, you know, Lincoln kinda of said, Oh, he's a gamer, he looks a little better when it's when it matters, but Man, like, I, just to my eyes, it doesn't even look close. You know, it's crazy that, like, before the first game of the year, we were all saying that it was going to be Burkich that won the job, or that mm-hmm. was going to be the yeah. starter. And then when Sutherland ran out there, it was a surprise to everybody. So I I don't know how that even became a thing. Like, how did like how this guy lose the job in the first place? Yeah, well, like, I mean, it was always, you know, every time that, you know, Austin Seibert, it was discussed about, you know, can he handle all this, right. you know, this and that. Hey, Burkich is always a guy that Lincoln would bring up in the past. He was on scholarship last year, yeah, right? Right. But it's almost like they almost want to avoid a Cybert-like situation, and they wanted three different guys to do the three different three different duties. If one wasn't better than the rest, you know, I, I will say that it's it's been funny, or I guess not even funny. It's just been interesting to see that like Cybert's killed it in the NFL. I think I DM'd you guys on yeah. Sunday. He is, just being a kicker been has been great. good on him. Yeah, very good. So it kind of does. Maybe lead to the idea that he was doing too much on. Maybe his leg was fatigued a little bit. I don't know. You know, it is a bye week, so you always kind of get that question, like, you know, is this a good time for the bye week after a loss and things like that? Uh, and Lincoln did kind of address that yesterday uh, as well. I don't know. I, de- I mean, it's it, it is what it is. I guess to us, there's there's positives of both. You know, part of you can't wait to get back on the field to play somebody else. You know, and and then there's also certainly things we need to do better as a team there's some you know some guys that you know be good to 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 get healthy there's some guys that need some reps here through the week to be ready for this closing stretch so there's certainly some advantages so we're just gonna look at it from the positive and have a great week and you know another thing is bob and i had been talking about kind of when was the week to ask about caleb kelly uh and i and i said well let's wait till the bye week and ask about it and the bye week did bring really interesting news about caleb kelly how is uh, caleb kelly He's doing great. Yeah, no, he's he's close. He's uh, he's he's fully clear, doing some nice things. We're kind of we're progressing him up. Um, you know, being fully cleared and then being ready to play are, are two different things. So he's been he's been doing a lot of things with us here for the last few weeks, and is getting better quickly. And Josh, the first thing that that I thought about is first. Well, first off, that's the first time anybody's used the phrase "fully cleared." With, yes, with Caleb Kelly. But Josh, the first thing I'm thinking like. Okay, so Caleb Kelly's had a lot of time here. It hasn't really made a, a you know an impact, a consistent impact. He's had some big plays certainly. Uh, even go back to that Sugar Bowl against Auburn, he was really good in that game. But he just hasn't Seems like forever ago. Yeah, which was fifteen. Was that was that four or 16? sixteen season? 16, well, I mean, yeah, twenty seventeen. So, but I mean, January. there's also a part of me that's like, well, look what they've done with Kenneth Murray. Look what they've done with Neville Gallimore. Look what they've done with Ronnie Perkins. Like. Is this is is this staff? Can they be trusted to find a way to make Caleb Kelly a, a star finally? There's reason to believe. I mean, the, the question for me is, does that rush position fit him? Because I, I I just don't think Caleb Kelly's an inside guy. I don't think he's a Will. I don't think he's a Mike. I don't think that makes any sense. So to me, it's almost got to be that rush position. And he, you know, I haven't obviously had a chance to talk with him, and I know most people haven't, but. Sp- talking to recruits who have been around him, he is ecstatic about how he thinks he could fit into this defense and the way it might work. 
And now with, you know, if you want to look at it from, okay, John Michael Terry goes down, maybe that makes some sense. You know, even from a, okay, you know, you replace a veteran leader with another veteran leader and kind of from that perspective. But, I mean, Caleb Kelly is a really good athlete. He's got some length. Um, there are things that make you think that works, but at the same time, you, you've watched Caleb be, other really than that Auburn game where he was so dominant, You've never seen him have that moment that makes you say, okay, if they can just find that spot for him, it's all going to work. I don't know. You got you look at the calendar. He's got four games to play with. That means Bedlam would have to be his first game. If they think they can play in the national championship, Bedlam has to be his first his first game. I'm very curious to see how that all works works out. What do you think the better chance is that he comes back and they, they play him this year? Uh I guess there's three options. You get him on the field as soon as possible. You play him sparingly over a four-game period, or you wait for the last four games. And you don't know if you're going to have that. Exactly. I guess you would you would know for a fact you would have two if you started with that Bedlam game. Well, three, because you have a bowl game. We, sure. We, unless they're out of the Big 12 picture by that point, too. Yeah, I don't, that's true. I don't think that'll be the case. But right. you would have at least three. You would be banking on the fourth because you believe in what you guys can do. All you have to do to me is is look at Jordan Kelly. I mean, uh, similar injury, similar, right. very same timeline. Uh, he's not playing, but he's been but back. Sons Texas, you know, working out with the team in pregame. Uh, but he's not ready to make an impact yet, and so I I I think we're still weeks at minimum away from Caleb Kelly being you, you, able you to can play the game. Yeah. Bedlam is last week November. You can still be weeks away and be yeah. be okay with that. So yeah, I don't. I don't even think they're going to have to worry about the four game thing with him. I think, I think they go to probably Bedlam or the game before it, and they say, "Is there any chance he can make a difference for us?" That would be TCU. It'd be a home game. Yeah. So twenty third. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, obviously, it's going to depend on how you do it. Like if they lose to Iowa State, you know, well, then oh what does it matter? I mean, <laughs> they lose to sorry. Iowa State. Let's <laughs> start making. Plans for other jobs because they might shut down the program. By the way, did uh, all those people that had Brocktober they were trying to trademark? You think that's like? Uh, oh, jeez, no. you're you're right. I hadn't thought about that one. Three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Yikes! No longer Brocktober. No longer Brocktober. It is going to be Championship November. If there were play, if there were any, uh, you know, uh, local breweries making Brocktober beer in Iowa, those, those kegs are stale. Yeah, mm-hmm. that beer's not Oktoberfest. Yeah. <laughs> Do away with it now. So, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, but I don't think it's anything that we're going to, I don't think they're chomping at the bit to get him out there. He's, I think it's going to be a process still, even though he's been fully cleared. So I don't, I don't think you have to worry. Is he going to start against Iowa State? That's, that's no, that's too soon. I would agree with that. All right. uh, Other things this week, you know, Lincoln Riley said, some of his coaches won't even be at practice on Thursday because they'll be out on the road recruiting. Hmm, already headed to Cabo. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> it's likely by Saturday um, Lincoln Riley's got the deal in place with Dallas, so he'll already be the Cowboys coach. Too bad it's not going to be a warm out. It's actually not that bad in Dallas right now. Is it not? No. And it won't be bad this weekend. What's Ruffin's boat's name? 
River, River Rat? Rat? River Rat. River Rat. River Rat. River, I'll do 10 push-ups. I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> I wonder if River Rat gets out on the... But no, we, we know it's a big weekend because they didn't re- use their recruiting weekend of OU Texas being in Dallas. They didn't use that at all. And, they were saving it. And I want to I want to get Josh to talk about this too, but let me play this clip first because Lincoln goes into detail about the recruiting calendar. It's a good point. And how that has really uh, shaped, you know, why this is such an important week for them. We'll be busy. Yeah, we'll get out. Um, we'll practice. Part of the reason we practice early Thursday morning is so some of our coaches won't be at that practice. They'll go ahead and get out and get in place because we've got to we got to hit these two days hard. This this calendar on the back end is is really really different this year. I mean everything is a week later, and uh, it's you know the whole bowl season combined with signing day and all that is going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting. So we've got to get a lot of work done in these next few days, and a lot of guys that we're all excited to get out and see. So we'll we'll be uh, all hands on deck from Thursday on out on the road. So, Josh, I took this is going to be interesting as to me, this is going to suck. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, everybody's like, well, it's two off weeks and that all, you know, but man, it's so difficult, especially when Oklahoma, I mean, they make annual reservations in early December to be at the Big 12 championship game. So everybody else gets that head start that week. And I mean, you're leading, especially now with the early signing period, that can be so big for some of these schools. I mean, you know, you talk about Oklahoma recruiting, you know, uh, Dante Manning against Georgia. Well, if Georgia loses to Florida, well, then you've got Georgia getting to go in a week early and really start making inroads with Dante and his mom and all those kind of things. And, I mean, pretty obviously a and is going to get that advantage. So, you know, you, you get these situations that make life tougher for Oklahoma to begin with. And then with it, I mean, people like, well, why don't know you just go out every Friday night? Blah, blah. Well, man, like the travel with that is difficult. You know, okay, say last week you're in Manhattan, Kansas. Well, we're going to fly down to Austin and see Alfred Collins. And then that same night or first thing the next morning, fly up to Manhattan. That The logistics of that are really hard to make that work. So, yeah, Oklahoma's going to hit the road hard. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned Alfred Collins. I expect both Calvin Thibodeau and Lincoln Riley to be at his game on Friday night. Um, I think that says a lot about Oklahoma's level of interest in him. That's a guy that is on their very, you know, if you were going to say they could have one, two, three guys out of the remaining targets, I think Alfred Collins would be right in that top group. I mean, he, he is up there with the Dante Mannings. I mean, a guy they really are focused on. Uh, Bill Biedenboe is going to kind of spend his time. Obviously, his work's done in 2020. So he's going to go 2021, go down to uh, come down to Houston Episcopal and see Donovan Jackson and Colin Montgomery, you know, kind of get to see two guys for the price of one. So, uh they are they're going to be out everywhere and you're absolutely right care i mean it's just a it's not even that it's it's a bad thing it's just so different from the way they've had to do it in the past that they're having to kind of learn on the fly and lincoln's not wrong either that second bye week that does mean the big 12 championship game is december 7th instead of december 1st like last like year. it was last year yeah. you're losing another week of recruiting because it's not like early signing period is going to happen on christmas week it's still happening at the same time but you've truncated everything that you can try to get done in that short period of time i need somebody out there to form a uh, formulate the take that Oh, you should just miss the Big 12 <laughs> tank, championship. Tank the rest of the season. 
tank the rest of the season. They've already lost once. You they can't win recruit. the national championship, so you might as well start building for the future. Well, you've always, while you also bench Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you, you forgot about story. that. Yeah, you forgot about that. Can uh, I cuss? Yeah, go ahead. You f***ing idiots. You f***ing idiots. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, there's. I but feel the, you now. have to admit that person that some of these people are really unhinged. Like I saw someone that was quote tweeting Josh, uh, and quote tweeting someone else about. Was it you about Brock Vandegrift? I mean, like, what saying what? I didn't see this. You didn't Am I about see to be this? triggered? Basically, that he was like a good moral kid, and Spencer Rattler's an egotistical. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Monster. I saw that. I saw that. I yeah. guess this person must have gotten into DM war with uh, Spencer Rattler's. What I took out of it, like they were so unhinged that they fought with Spencer Rattler, and I think it probably surrounded the whole Netflix special. Oh god. And the suspension. <sighs> well, he does have a tattoo of humble on his body. Obviously you, not humble. God forbids tattoos. Imagine, imagine being affected by that. What kind of tattoo you, a kid has? Do you think that's Penn State guy's wife? <laughs> From a couple weeks ago? I mean, is that, oh. is that his missus? <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be. Don't like dreads, don't like tattoos. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, whatever, Ron. I don't know if his name was Ron. It, it just sounded like a good racist name. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to besmirch the tattoo crowd. It's just some people with tattoos are. Insane. No, it's just it's it's people that like Son use that as a. It, it's like the, like it's, it's something. It's like the same people that got upset that Kevin Durant had tattoos, uh, way back when when he took his shirt off for the first time. It's like, can easy I really? People. Can I be in on this argument though? After I've had my share of tattoo takes, specifically neck tattoos. I'm trying to get a tattoo. I don't. I'm gonna get yeah, two sleeves. <laughs> get like, oh my god! You gonna be like what? Josh? Gonna be like, are you gonna be like John Mayer and fly to Japan just to get your tattoos there? Maybe I'm gonna go to the same guy Samia went to. I need to get uh, Drew's number. You do not get a you know no. You are not allowed to get a tribal tattoo. I'm sorry. Why? I would, I would love to handicap the Bob or Eddie first tattoo race. The only way I Maybe can see I Eddie winning that race. <laughs> the only way I can see Eddie winning There's that no race is if he got it. really drunk. I've been close a couple times. Uh huh. Yep. No, it's it's happened to the best of us. I've been in a tattoo parlor a time or two while people were getting tattoos, but never actually walked into one. Really? No. Same. Yep. Um, I've been into bunches. By the way, if you had you, a Prince Albert, didn't you? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> If you have tattoos, you didn't say no. you might like concerts. And if you like concerts, you know what you need? You need the SeatGeek app on your phone. I was going to say a tattoo. <laughs> no, you need the SeatGeek app on your phone. Uh, sports, concerts, uh, big events around you. Uh, if you ever feel like uh, it's really difficult to go out there and use some of these ticketing sites, it is because uh, they make it very difficult. But SeatGeek makes it easy for you. Uh, it's it's not annoying. They even bring events to you uh, when you download the events the uh, app to your phone. Like Elton John just announced, uh, you can already get tickets to Elton John through the SeatGeek app. Post Malone, uh, he's going to be in Oklahoma City November the fourth. Uh, Third Eye Blind, I know they're coming. I want to go see that concert, but I won't be able to because it's football season. Because all the good concerts come during football season. Uh, but yeah, Thunder Games. I mean, look, you're gonna you're gonna the Thunder don't suck as bad as I thought they were. I I will say that. They they took Houston 
to the wire the other night. Uh, Portland's coming to town. Pelicans. Uh, Bob's going to have his date night coming up. But obviously, OU football games coming up. Uh, uh, just go download the SeatGeek app. It's a. It's got five stars with over fifty thousand ratings uh, in the uh, app stores right now. They put. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web, and they rate each one on a scale of one to ten. I know a lot of our listeners have used it. We can't tell you how much we appreciate that. Uh, in SeatGeek, they give you that interactive map so you can see where your tickets are at. The green dots mean good deals. The red dots are overpriced. So they show you all that stuff. And guess what? If you use the promo code uh, SCOOP, you'll get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So download the SeatGeek app today. Use promo code SCOOP for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code SCOOP for $10 off your first purchase from SeatGeek and the SeatGeek app. All right, so uh, I I didn't want to put a cap on some of the recruiting talk that was going on, but Josh, I know... Uh, you'd mentioned some guys and Alfred Collins being one of those guys. Uh, you know, we, we saw Dante Manning. Yeah. We haven't uh, talked over about the weekend. We haven't really talked about that. Uh, but you know, it, it was really impressive. He's a, he's a long kid. He's a physical kid. Uh, he, we didn't really get to see him play corner because the team they were playing was a very run heavy team, but we did get to see his athleticism on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and I mean, I don't know. You go to that game, it's that level of competition. You kind of see what you see. It's it's not quite like you know going and watching him play against Broken Arrow or something. But I mean, I was impressed. I was very impressed. And talking with head coach Logan Minnick following the game, a couple things stood out. One, he said they've measured Dante with a six ten wingspan. He has very long arms. He's definitely everything that Alex Grinch wants and Roy Manning needs for next year's class. And then when he flat out just said. He's a corner, but we moved him to safety because North Kansas City has a couple good running backs that take it up the middle and then stretch it wide, and they go make 15-yard gains into 60 and 70. We knew Dante could be physical and could stop them, and that's what he did the entire night, and he said that's the the biggest difference with Dante this season. He is so much more physical. He's not just that fast, long kid. Now he's not – he's – not bashful at all to put his head in there and make a play. And it does seem like he has a really good relationship with Roy Manning. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, When you're talking to him, you could see he was a little worried how OU would respond when he was decommitting initially. Obviously, that's a thing of the past. That's five, six years ago where coaches get fed up and get pissed off. You can't do that now. That's just not how the game works. And Roy Manning, Alex Grinch, Link, and Lincoln Riley, they've all played it cool. We all believe that OU's the top school at this very moment. Doesn't mean that'll be that way in December, but this very moment, I think the Sooners are the top school. He's going to silently commit in December, publicly announce at the Under Armour game. We've seen that before with Jaden Hazelwood with Buki with Nick Benito. Oh, you fared very well in that instance. So we'll, we'll see if that's another another one of those type of deals. I hate the silent commit thing. Like you're just asking for trouble. Well, you're just asking for like if it's like Louisville, a beat, Louisville. Yeah, they beat, scre- beat writers screwed. Benito, if yeah. you knew where to look, because he right. said uh, our coaches, you know, we know we're not getting him. He's going OU, and that was in December. Right, games in January, and that's what had to happen. Know like, to look, you know, maybe the Georgia guys find that if he picks Oklahoma and, and spurns Georgia, maybe their coaches are because like, 
you know, they'll have the early signing day and all that stuff, and they'll just, you know, sometimes they'll be like, well, you know, maybe we have another guy coming, but, you know, a lot of times they'll say we're done. I mean, that could get, that could burn you too. And if Georgia gets pissed because Jaden Hazelwood one year, Dante Manning the next. <laughs> it, it's been interesting. I mean, that's, you know, people used to love to talk about OU Texas, but OU, OU Georgia's <laughs> become a really good battleground over the last few years. Uh, Andrew Rain this year. I mean, now there's been some that, you know, the flip side's true. We, you oh, know, yeah. Also, where Oklahoma's taking beats to Georgia. I mean, that happens. Georgia's, you know, looking for their third straight recruiting title. So uh, they, they're clearly winning plenty of guys. But. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that, like, you, it, it says, you know, people are like, well, how does it happen? It says a lot about where OU's recruiting right now. I mean, they're national. They're going against the heavies of the heavies, and they're going into Georgia. I mean, a lot of that Shane Beamer. What I do think is interesting, and it's something that uh, obviously I knew, but I hadn't really thought about, Oklahoma's presence in California is very minimal right now, and you nope. can't, you know, people want to, I know people love to bag on him, and I've done it too, but some of that is Tim Kish. I mean, that that's a guy that had a lot of West Coast connections, and had you, you can't deny that when he came on staff, Oklahoma very quickly became a bigger presence in California. Now they need to keep that going somehow. But it is interesting to see they're having to kind of rebuild some of those relationships. I'd say the same thing with Mike Stoops at St. Thomas Aquinas. When you get Benito and Jaden Davis back-to-back classes you got to and it's working out you're seeing how big of a difference guys like that can make to your defense that maybe you never stood a chance at getting in the past you've got to keep that relationship going somehow you know what's crazy though josh is like you look over the years um and i can i could totally understand and i think you'd be justified if you're somebody that that wants uh uh, what's uh, USC's coach right now? Uh, Clay Helton. Clay, Clay Helton. Helton. Like if you want him gone, because Josh, think back to when uh, you know USC got that. Ma- I think it was the first rivals five star that we had when they had just been hit with that massive uh, NCAA probation and all that. I think they had like they had like fifteen scholarships or something to give like two years in a row or something crazy like that. And it yeah. was like, and they were still signing. All their players were five stars. Like, like. USC, no matter how shitty it is for them, like all those, some of those best players are always going to pick USC. Yeah, it's kind of like Texas in a way. Yeah. yeah, like you're just you. They get what they get, no matter what. It's not. It's kind of one of those things that the fans, I think, always is like, why would they go there? It's just kind of the way that, and we've talked about it before, but why it's just would, kind of the way that you you you're raised, the way that you grow up, the way that. Well, look at uh, Aunt Becky. She's cheated to get her daughter in there. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, that's. I still don't see the problem. It's a with prestigious that. school, <laughs> is what I'm saying. I mean, we went, we were down there. It was really nice. Yeah, it's really cool. We were area. on campus. I still don't see the problem with people paying off other folks to get their kids into school because it's federal. I it's know. I, that's federal I don't think deal. it should be. <laughs> but that's it's it's you can't mess with federal laws. They're there that's for a reason. That's what I'm saying, though. I, I don't I don't understand why, why is it's that a federal, federal law? law? Yeah. You got a billion dollars? You want to pay a million dollars to get your kid in? Go for it. Knock yourself out. Well, because she is she is taking a spot away from someone that's Bingo. deserving, yet that is underprivileged. <laughs> they're, probably not, they're probably not deserving if they can't pay to get in. <laughs> you have oh, just, wow. You have just, the ACLU is now going to come up after this podcast. We Bring always thought it would... We no always doubt. thought it would be PETA that would get us, but it's the ACLU <laughs> that's going to come, Freddie. 
I got two arms. I can fight both. You don't have enough money. They have a lot of lawyers. ACLU. Yes. Mm. And a lot of lot of pro bono work being done. Oh, here's a fun. Maybe game. we can kill an intern before that. What? Can Can you give us what does the acronym stand for? ACLU. Yeah. Uh huh. I really don't. American <laughs> Civ. Uh, ACLU. You, you're close. It's a American yeah, civil civil liberties. Bob, what are you doing? <laughs> I, don't, it, I don't know it. I don't know. <laughs> still, we tried. Anytime I was a freebie. Anytime, a freebie. My God, Bob. University. Yeah, I mean, you're, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just union. Bob is just proving. Bob is just proving that he's going to raise an unruly child. Well, the like, AC- your child is going to be so spoiled. You're going to do everything for Pearl. You're not going to let her. You're not going to make her do anything. I worry for your child. Anytime man. I see something that is connected with the ACLU, I just roll. I just roll my eyes. Bob. Hey, uh, Bob will when he goes to swim class like Josh. Bob will just be diving in the pool, getting his kids out. <laughs> Every time He'll be the, the one, like when they drop woo. the rings down for the gir- for Pearl to go get them. I got him. He's I got him. Gonna I, got him. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I beat you. I got him. That'd be better than what Casey Anthony did. She probably drowned her kid. Oh, God. It always comes back to Casey Anthony with you. The hottest murderer uh, out there. <laughs> That's uh, quite the title. They never proved um, anything. Now, Alleged Carrie, murder. Ca- yeah. Or Bob, can you confirm or deny that Carrie has si- sent any vinyl to your children so they can learn music? Because Uncle Kerry hasn't sent anything. I'm not sending your children vinyl. They'll ruin it. It's hurtful. They'll play Frisbee with it. Um, They do laundry, (laughs) Kerry. Wow. Which which puts them at least on your level. So let's not not, not do that. (laughs) Wow. Why are they doing laundry? I put those children to work. (laughs) I want to do as little as possible. Layla was helping me load the dryer today. You want to do that. That's a fact. <laughs> well, like I said, Lane. Don't give me any ideas. Lainey comes in. She's in the kitchen. We're about to eat dinner last night. She's like, "Son of a!" And I was like, "Wait, you what?" And she goes, "I you say that?" And I was like, "Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can't say that." And she goes, "Why not? What's what's bad?" And I was like, "Well, son of a is fine. It's what it leads into." And she's like, "Well, what's that?" And I'm like, "I'm not telling you that." So we had we had, it, it was a real strong parenting moment for dad. So I had to daughter's getting mouthy. I, sounds like yes. <laughs> well, like and it was one of those things like you know buy the her a that cell phone, get it over with. When, <laughs> when you're like twelve, and I have I, I bet we all do, but I have a girl in my mind specifically that I grew up with that like you could tell the first time she ever cussed in front of people, and she didn't really know what she was doing, and she said it, and you were like. That didn't make any sense. Like, like she dropped shit or something, and it was in reference to like her. I don't know. Like, it, it just it was a nonsensical statement, and even with a profanity, which can fit almost anywhere, but it didn't make any sense. And that was kind of what like Laney wasn't bothered by anything. Like, there was nothing wrong. There was no reason for her to scream that. It was just she'd heard Dad say it, and she's like, "Well, that sounds interesting. I'll try that on for size." <laughs> so I'm like, "Has she said this in school?" And I, like, I'm gonna get a letter from the principal or something. It really has been a while since we've let Josh just go wild on family talk. Mm, mm. By week. Go ahead. Got to fill the time. So what, is, what is, I mean, like, okay, so what is filling your day with the girls now? Well, I mean, now I will say, luckily, I no longer have the morning mommy and me swim classes. And we have gone to like they basically they swim at the same time but they're in different pools now are they just so, doing this uh so they don't drown in case they fall into a pool or 
are you going to pat 40 us at some point and just become a swim expert? Oh, God, like, again, I, I want – I've already earmarked where Lainey is backstroke. She's a backstroker, which is never my, was never my game. I was, I was a terrible backstroker. It's why I was not good in the medleys. But let's not get into my, my heroics. <laughs> yeah, that's why. You had um, a giant yeah. head. That was your biggest swimming <laughs> problem. Why. No, no. Like, yeah, Michael I, Phelps I, has a big head. People see me and they never believe it. Like I, I was a really good swimmer as a kid. Like I probably until you. I was about twelve. I know. And then all of a sudden I had a kind of like a football body and it didn't work anymore. Um but like I mean I went to state in Texas, Oklahoma, like I did all kinds of stuff. Like I was I was a good swimmer. But um I could never do backstroke. I was terrible. Not just what well, I'd I'd hit lane lines, I was just all over the place. Um but no, that's where she's best. On the front she wants to like take her head way out of the water and take a breath. But when she's, you know, she's on her back, she can just swim. So she's good. Uh, Layla is, um, Layla just loves to be in the water. So she, she might be, she's my athlete. Like if, if there's a future for that, one of those two, it's probably her. You've already given up on Laney. Laney, Laney is my brains. Layla, I love you. You can hear this later in life, but, uh, Laney is Laney's almost reading and stuff. So like Laney's my she's the brains of my operation. Uh, Layla is the blunt object. She will do almost anything. Like she has no fear of anything. So she's she's very good at like anything physical very quickly because she'll just keep doing it until it works. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so dad dad life. Okay, so uh, there's your Josh family update. Uh, we have a basketball media day coming up, which uh, follows basketball's preseason opener little last weird. night. A L- little weird. How but, that you know, out. you got to do what you got to yeah. do. Women's had theirs yesterday. I can't believe we didn't cover that. I'm really don't upset like about it. care about that. Um, ben, don't listen to them. He's not. He's off. Is he, is he been – do they have a replacement now? I believe they have. Okay. Um, anyway – uh, basketball media, but you guys got to go out and see some basketball last night. Uh, Davion Harmon's debut. Yeah. Uh, what what else stood out to you guys? There's just so, so many new faces down oh, there, yeah. Bob. I mean, it's 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 kind of incredible to see just how new look they are, and then you add in Jamal Bienemy, of course, from last year, uh, Christian Doolittle, and Brady Manick as well. So, um, you know, I, I would it be fair to say that the this the ceiling for this team should be make the NCAA tournament. I, I think that this it, oh, it yeah. that should be definitely a goal to yeah, make the tournament. Sure. I think that they'll finish higher than 8th in the league. Uh it's going to be a it's going to be a good league again in the Big 12, but uh you know, just from the guys that we saw last night, Harmon obviously uh is going to be really good at, at some point. I think he's going to be good this year. Uh I think that, you know, I, I liked what you saw out of uh is it Ewakor? Is that how you pronounce uh Victor's name? I thought it was Iwakor, e- but they even pronounced it differently last night. Yeah. It, it might be. All right, we're going to call him Victor. Uh, yep. And then uh, Jalen Hill, obviously, really good player. He was the uh, Nevada player of the year uh, a year ago, uh, and he's going he's gonna to be really good as well coming off the bench. So, um, you know, Austin Reeves, I, I think that we didn't see him he in had the cramping. second half. He had, he had a little he had, bit of a cramping he had issue. Cramping issue. Obviously, he he's a shooter transfer. That's yeah, from here. Wichita yeah. State. So. See him and Manic got to show they can be more than just shooters, and that's what I mean. They tried last night. Doesn't really. I don't know how much last night really matters, but if they can be more than just shooters, this team ceiling goes up just a little bit more. Sure. And I think Manic's got to find consistency with this yeah. game too. No, he does. And you know, I I just it was an exhibition, so you don't really put a whole lot of stock into it. But you seem like. 
He's a junior now. He's been through two years of this. You would think that this is got a, his haircut figured. This out, would be a maybe. big growth year for him, as far as uh, you know. He's kind of grown into his body a little bit more than uh, the lanky giraffe that we saw as a freshman. And Larry uh, from the Prairie is yeah, gone. Thank God. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, you know, I think the the biggest question is going to be: Can they go small with Christian Doolittle and Brady Manick at the four and five the entire season, or will Kirk Quath have to come in because they're getting beat up in the post a little too much. I mean, Doolittle did a great job of guarding all five positions last year, but that's in a short period of time. Yeah. If you ask him to do it the entire season, not sure how that's going to work out. When you look at Harmon, I think he just brings a different type of energy to the court. I really think if if he can produce like he did last night, combine that with his desire and his passion, he's going to win over a lot of OU fans. Uh, he's, he's your foundation piece yep. in this in this program right now as far as what they're going to build around. And, you know, it's kind of crazy like, looking at him, even at practice. I think we talked about this, Bob, just leaving practice a couple times. Devian Harmon's the only guy not over 6'5 on that team. Like, they actually look like a basketball team these days. So, we'll see. I, I think that there's a reason for uh, cautious optimism as far as what they could be. I don't think this team's going to win the Big 12 or anything like that, but, uh, you know, if... Ceiling if, tournament if, team, probably. Yeah, if they were like a six seed in the NCAA tournament, I think that would be a very, very good year. And they'll have a chance because of the non-conference schedule once again. Only four home games between now and Big 12 play. A lot of neutral sites going on the road. If they earn the it's right... Got two at Chesapeake, though, right? In those... No, I'm talking... You know, yeah, they have four games before January I'm, in okay. Norman. That's it. And like, then Tech, they're, is, they're Tech in, is after. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like in tournaments or the, you know, they're playing Minnesota and South Dakota. Like They're going other places just like they've done the last two years. Why? They earned their tournament bids because of November and December. They can do that once again this year, too. And I think Harmon is going to be a you know easy guy to root for. Just the fact that he he committed so early, he stayed committed to Oklahoma, really expressed his love for Oklahoma you know throughout his process, and just a guy that really seems to and like this place. He's a lot. really tight with Trajan Bridges, Theo Weiss, Austin Stogner. That's maybe a story I haven't done enough with just yet. Those four are really tight. All right. Uh, outside of that, recruiting wise, Josh, is there anything that uh, you wanted to hit on before we get out of here? You know, I've just had a lot of questions, and the Iowa State weekend is shaping up to be kind of interesting because obviously with it now being a night game, there is a lot of flexibility that gives Oklahoma uh, as far as who they want to bring in, what they want to do. Arian Smith, I do expect to be there, uh, the the speedy receiver from uh, Florida. I, I, I think that is the plan at the moment. Um, there will be others, but really when I've talked to people Come before the announcement was made, TCU was the weekend that I had kind of seen a little more, um, especially from unofficial visitors like Tunmiche Adelier has talked about coming in that weekend as for an example. So there are. It's going to be interesting to see what OU does if they kind of try to shift some guys around, if they stick with the original plan and just hope that TCU is a two thirty or a seven o'clock or whatever. Uh, We'll have to kind of watch that. But, I mean, I don't – you know, I think a lot of people are like, well, this is going to be a huge weekend. It might be for unofficials, but official visitors, they're just not that there's many not guys There's not that many left. out there, yeah. Yeah, that Oklahoma hasn't already brought in. So there's not a lot of places they can go with it. Um, you do wonder if maybe they bring in uh, Ronald Williams, the safety that they've just offered from Hutchinson, uh, some of those kind of things. But, I mean, it's, it's going to be – maybe you see a few of their – 
secondary targets. I mean, and I don't mean positionally. I mean like backup kind of B guys start to come in. So Oklahoma, if they miss out on a guy here at the end, they can kind of quickly change direction and make the move to the guy that they need to fill that spot. I'm kind of wondering because now we're getting into the month November. If you try to stack up TCU, I always wonder high school playoff schedule, especially in the state of Texas, when all those games are on Saturday, at least like, there's a good chunk of them. If you're going to miss out, if you try to plan a big unofficial weekend for TCU when guys will be in the second, third week of playoff, when now you know you have a night game, is, and is next week the last week of the regular season in Texas too? Because it is here, so there's no reason why people wouldn't be able to make it. I think they might have two weeks. Jo- I mean, Josh would know better, but... I believe, I'm trying to make sure that that's... Because they go, or is it because they have those two extra rounds in the playoffs that I'm thinking that they maybe... That's what I thought. Because they always go to, what, the uh, week before Christmas, right? Yes. (laughs) So... Oh, it's insane. I want to say they have one more week, and then they start their playoffs, and they obviously have, what, two extra rounds than uh, everybody else in the playoffs? Now, I'm trying to make sure. I want to say they've all got two weeks left. Like, I think that's right. Um, So so I think you've got this coming and the next weekend, and then it starts. Right, and that's why I think they, if now that you know it's a night game, I think, oh, you should try to shift. That's just my opinion. When you get TCU, you get senior day, you don't know what that time is yet. You don't know what the Frogs are going to do the next two, three weeks. You could end up 11 a.m. You could end up with Saturday playoff games, and you're not really going to get those kids in. So I'll just... Kind of see how that all translates. The one thing I did want to ask you, Josh, a uh, little more optimistic about Ed- about Edger and Cooper sticking with the Sooners? Yeah, God's, you know, uh, for those that don't know, I mean, and it's just how recruiting is always interconnected. So LSU on, I can't remember if it was Saturday night or Sunday morning, got a commitment from B.J. Ojolari, a, um, a Georgia kid that was committed to Tennessee, has flipped to LSU. And I wondered, I thought, man, that's because they LSU already had several linebacker commitments. And you kind of wondered, well, is this is this going to be one too many to make Cooper work? And it sounds like that's probably the case, though. I get the impression LSU thinks they lead for Philip Webb. And if they get Webb, then Cooper's done. He'll sign with Oklahoma. And that that's that whole story. So that's. You know, I know OU is involved with Philip Webb. OU is not going to get Philip Webb, so OU fans need to be rooting for LSU to make that to to get that player. That 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 will work out for them because they're not going to get Philip Webb anyway, and you get to keep Edger and Cooper. So, really, to me, the only way that OU doesn't get them is if LSU loses Philip Webb, and even then, they've got to make the decision if that's a number they want to use on Edger and Cooper because it's going to get tight. I don't. I think Ojolari was kind of a. We hope we get him. We think we got a chance. They didn't know, so they were working on Cooper, kind of like I was just talking about, having their plan B set up in case it didn't go the way they wanted. It did, and now, like I said, I think Philip Webb's a guy they see is okay, he's too good for us to pass up on, but I don't know that they see Edger and Cooper that way. So, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes, and honestly, it works out well for Oklahoma either way because – at the least, LSU is going to tap the brakes on Edger and Cooper just a little bit, and OU can kind of keep working him and keep pushing. One thing I wanted to hit on before we get out of here, uh, outside of all the recruiting, uh, was the uh, announcement by the NCAA this week that they are going to try and pay players or allow them to make money off a of name, image, and likeness. 
Uh, Lincoln Riley did discuss that yesterday when uh, he held his press conference. Not much yet. I mean, I think I think it's uh, certainly not surprising, and I you know I think it can be a positive thing. It will be certainly interesting to see, you know, how it's all put together. I mean, to me, that's the bigger question: is you know how do you put it together? How do you maintain? You know, amateur status of players, uh, the integrity of, of college sports. Um, and so, you know, they've got obviously, I think, a little bit of time to do that, but it'll be very important to the future of this game, the future of all the athletes, everybody involved with it, to how it's put together because it's, uh, you know, we're kind of venturing into the unknown there. Do you think there's any input for coaches on this, or is it a matter for ADs and maybe college presidents? And- no, I think I think there will be some, you know, coaches, uh, you know, a lot of coaches have been a part of it for a long time. But I mean, I'm sure this is going to take everybody, you know, hearing from from student athletes. We've taken a lot of steps over the last few years to, you know, for for their well-being and to try to continue to make things better and, uh, you know, want to continue to do that. And uh, but I think it's something that we can't have tunnel vision on. We got to make sure and look at all sides, because once you go down this road, you don't go back. It'll be it'll be interesting, you know. In that in that way, it'll be a little bit more like the pros, you know, in some way. And so, no, it'll be it'll be interesting if they try to, you know, try to make it uniform for all players, or if it's you know based on your notoriety. I mean, there, there's just there's a lot of stuff a lot of people got to work through, and uh, I'm glad I don't have to do it. Because <laughs> I'll be with the Dallas Cowboys. There's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Here was my thing yesterday, and I sh- I shouldn't have. Even, I mean, where do you even begin? I wouldn't have even right. tweeted this if I realized it was something people wanted to talk about because I had plenty of other things to do yesterday. Uh, but everybody wanted to have a discussion about. I just don't. I don't. It's like I hear you know all these like ESPN. Well, here's so and so. She played college basketball, and she's like, players need to be paid. I'm like, you wouldn't get paid even if you were getting paid. Like, you should be paying people to come college. see you. Yes, I mean, and they are. I mean, the NBA is having to pay people. To, or sure. They're having to, you know, they're having to pay foot the bill for the WNBA because hey, they can't if, make any money. If you're really good at women's basketball, like, and a company wants to sink some money in you, like, more power yeah. to them. But that's I mean, not, I don't think that's not going to happen them. across the board sure. in college athletics. Sure. I mean, it's just not like, and outside of a few people on the football team, who's going to really generate real revenue? Like, how much revenue? You're better off probably getting a decent job in the summer. I mean, we if we paid you twenty five hundred dollars to be an intern at Sooner Scoop, that's probably as much money as you would make if you were an offensive backup offensive lineman than you would from name likeness and image or whatever. I guess that I guess that side of things is just so foreign to me that I can't even begin to imagine like how much money a insert big name OU player or OSU player or whoever would make during a given what would be semester or whatever they I guess they don't even break it up you just get a contract or something well yeah and that's the thing it's like there's they're gonna have to make an infrastructure for uh, being able to handle all this. Like OU, OSU, Texas, they're going to have to have, just like they have a compliance department, they're going to have to have a name, likeness, and image department yeah. that can handle all these requests, that can handle 
uh, autograph signings and how, you know, if they're legitimate, make sure nothing's going under the table, you know, car dealerships, shoe apparel. I mean, like, are you, can Adidas sponsor Jalen Hurts when OU is a Jordan brand school? Like, so is he going to come to a press conference head to toe? Well, he kind of does that already. Uh, but like, you know, it, it, what if Baker Mayfield came to a press conference and he's sitting there with Jordan brand stuff behind him in AT&T and he's got T-Mobile and Hulu. Oh, and, that's that's my dream, Carrie. And for Pony them to, or whatever. I mean, for them to come to a Monday press conference and they have to bring one of those uh, slabs that they put behind the soccer players uh-huh. with all sorts of different advertisements <laughs> yeah, right. behind them. That would be my dream. Or I, I mean, I'm sure some schools like would probably, Umbro. Some schools will probably invest in like those really ugly ones, like that the Redskins have that are like digital boards that they're all shiny yes, and stuff, yeah. and they're really annoying. I think. I think. Uh, uh, the, Adrian the Ely Patriots. walks in. He has a top dog classic Coney's. Yeah, uh, Patriots <laughs> have one. Emblem behind him. So, yeah, I mean, like, the 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 linemen come in. It's like, and are people going to fight to do interviews now because they want to, you know, they want push their, their product? Yeah, they want to push their stuff or, you know, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to. I need to pimp my stuff. You know, that that's a really, that'd be a really inter- interesting conversation just as far as, because uh, we know how secretive, like, OU is, for instance, like. Yeah. How would they, uh, how they will handle all this? But I will say that if there's anything that we do know about Oklahoma, and I think we've, you know, Bob and Josh would be able to speak to it more, but I think we've seen it more in recruiting. That's a big deal for them when they're selling the university as far as creating a brand, knowing your brand, and being able to uh, not necessarily profit off, off your brand because they can't right now, but being able to promote yourself as a brand mm-hmm. like i mean that's why they that's why the ou social media team gives those players uh little you know eight second clips mm-hmm. from the week before right. that they can tweet out that's all they're doing is creating a brand well and, and like is this going to become a thing like uh instagram like where yeah. people are trying to uh build their channels and stuff i and mean we joke can about you monetize it, but youtube is everybody gonna be followed around by a cameraman buki be making a shit ton of money off instagram yeah he's got like a lot athletes of followers. will be the new influencers and they i think they already are to an extent yeah, yeah. they're just not profiting off of it but i i, I, think, I thought the t-shirt stuff that you were talking about yesterday just as far as like would a kid not put out a top five anymore if he wants to sell uh, you know, T-shirts to I a, sell a, crimson, a certain. Yeah, I want to sell my crimson version of my jersey, or I want to sell my uh, LSU color, you know, purple and gold. And more know. power to them if they can profit off of it. Like I know that there's a bunch of olds out there that like just hate the idea of these players. They're already getting money with scholarship money. I understand that, but oh, so the other side of it is. Like, Why don't you go ahead and join your senator that wants to tax you? Oh, I mean, what are the, what are these <laughs> Senator Burr? What are these politicians going to do now that they can't basically use it as a platform in 2020 to uh, to get elected? Like, I that's that's the part that I enjoyed the most yesterday was all these senators and House of Representatives like backtracking or basically race up. baiting. Yes, like the what was the guy's name from North Carolina? The Burr that's, guy. Yeah, that's who he's yeah, talking. That's yeah, a him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that's just total. It's Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But I I mean do my you, fear Do you think that recruiting will change as a whole as far as the way that schools maybe not even the way that schools recruit people, but how much of an impact will it have on on recruiting from a standpoint of would could you just go to a big car dealership and 
you know, we'll use Lubbock as an example. Could the biggest car dealership in Lubbock say, you know, we're going to sponsor the top five guys that you sign this year according to uh, the 24-7 or the Rivals uh, star rankings? We'll give X amount of dollars to these five, the top five guys. Like, would that could that happen? I don't know. Well, that that's where it gets interesting because can these kids start to negotiate that? Sure. Before they sign, I mean, okay, I'm going to get a better deal in Norman than I am Lubbock because it's it's weird to think of it that way. But within these rules, if it if it's drawn a certain way, right, that's going to be completely permissible. I mean, and that, am I going to have gonna a Mercedes okay. deal or am I going to have a Chevrolet deal? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But um, I, I guess the other side of it, too, is, and, Carrie, I think you brought this up on Twitter yesterday, just as far as I think the number of people that will be actually pro- real profiting from this is probably a lot less than you think. And I think the yeah. NCAA language will make it that way, too. Oh, and don't get me wrong. The NCAA is going to screw this up. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that this thing is still going to be screwed up by the by the suits in the I, NCAA offices. I use this as an, as an example. Like This is this would be very NCAA, is for them to say, uh, okay, businesses, uh, car dealers, restaurants, if you would like to be affiliated with uh, some of our athletes here at the University of Oklahoma, University of Texas, uh, we would like you to register with our uh, name licensing and image offices. Uh, and here's what will happen. You will not be crazy. able to, you will not be able to choose the athlete oh, we'll that provide you wish you to sponsor. <laughs> we will we will randomly assign you an athlete and we can't guarantee that it will be a football player. It could be a women's tennis player. Oh my god. Like that is so NCAA right there. I I didn't even think about it like that, but I would not be surprised if that was like the catch right there is that they do well, something like that. And again, guys, I mean, read the way that the NCAA released it. They said benefit. They didn't say sure. profit. They, mm-hmm. I mean, like, they left themselves a lot of wiggle room and how they want to handle that. Um, I was so excited about the possibility of NCAA football returning. I really didn't read it until later, and I was like, that could be interesting. Because, I mean, <laughs> you, you got, like, you're right. Like, how, how, do you, how do you legislate this? How do you set this up? Who, who are the check? Because, I mean, what stops a local car dealer from saying we're going to give you fifty thousand dollars to be our spokesperson there's no way anybody that's not baker mayfield or kyler murray probably even cd lamb is not worth that kind of money for any sort of car dealership or any sort of small business that would maybe get in on this but what stops them from doing that if they don't have to operate from a fiscally responsible position like if it's just somebody that has the money to throw around then good. Oh, can but, you I imagine? Mean, I mean, Josh, what if you get in a situation where it's a guy like, uh, uh, well, like, let's take, for example, like the bigger dealership. So let's just say it's like, you know, Nathan Huffines to, to steal a, a raising Arizona name. So let's sure. say Nathan Huffines has all the car dealerships in Phoenix. Uh, and he wants, and he wants a quarterback so bad for Herm Edwards at Arizona state. He tells the quarterback, I will give you ownership stake in one of my car dealerships if you will come to come to Arizona State. Yep, and you can drive any Mercedes Benz anytime you want. Yeah. come in, switch them out. You know, the whole, like where does it stop? Where where does it? I think go? that'd be the Rhett Bomar deal, is what that'd be called. Mm-hmm. It's called. Oh the hell, Bomar all special. he did? No, no, no. He just didn't have to show up for <laughs> he work. Didn't he didn't up. get ownership of <laughs> That's Big true. Red. That's true. Failed joke. All right. 
different owners strike now. One, different owners now, by the way. Just yeah, it, it's just like I said. I mean, it, I, I, and I'm all for, especially. I can understand the argument of the schools shouldn't have to pay the players. Like, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I can understand where that argument comes from. But like, the, EA you can't make money off who you are. That's nonsensical to me. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. It never did. So that argument is just stupid and should stop. And I'm glad they found a way. I mean, like it. Like I said, it's amazing that for years this couldn't happen. California puts a little heat on them, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, we got this done. But see, to me, what makes sense, there are things that make sense. And I think there are ways, like letting EA Sports produce the college football game, that's money that's going to go into people's pockets. I mean, it just is. Year after year, you can guarantee that you know licensing money is going to go back into people's pockets. Also, schools, and like I said, this is a small percentage, but when OU, OU selling Jalen Hurts jerseys, CeeDee Lamb jerseys, there's no reason why they can't get a piece of that action. If your jersey sales, and you know, I guess you probably have to make it to where every player can, you know, have a jersey sold of their name. Just to be fair, yep. which is going to be difficult. But well, I mean, you can you imagine? Like, can you imagine being like uh, Tanner Mordecai, and every month you come back to see your statement, no jersey sold this month. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy one. Come on, Spencer. Spencer's buying himself a car with his. Uh, you know. The, the the thing is, and you know, you look at it. Um, so you get into that conversation of w- which direction does it go? And I'm saying all this, and I can't think of what I was going to say. Damn it! I lost my whole train of thought. I had something that was going to go right off of what Carrie just said, and I literally lost it as I was trying to find my segue into it. So I'm an idiot. Go that's right great ahead. Radio, Josh. Yeah, no, no. I, that's that's bang up stuff. You're all Phil. As it stands now. <laughs> As it stands now, players are making more money. I bet Parrish Cobb's making more money than some of the players right now. You at least get some uh, some good trading value in prison. Well, sure. uh, you you've also you're also risking the yeah the the possibility of players robbing each other now. Well, I I finally I mean, remember gonna, what I was going to say. Are you going to have to hire personal security? Like if you're too a tie This is my security detail. Seriously, it's not my offensive line. Uh, no, you know, the the thing I was going to say is, where does it stop with the university? Like, so Oklahoma's promotional calendars or promotional schedules that have a big picture of Jalen Hurts or a big picture of CeeDee Lamb or Kenneth Murray or whoever it's going to be, do the, the guys now make profit off of that? I mean, it's just, yeah. a, it's just a, yeah, like, where where is the line of, okay, like, that's just part of being part of the team and how much is this is an individual it thing? Is, it and, is ironic because... You can't just go and put up an OU logo anywhere and slap that on anything you want. So, sure. uh, are they? How are they going to feel now that they have? They can't just slap up their star quarterback up on a poster anytime they want because they got to pay him. Not that, yeah. not that. I mean, and that's something you don't have to worry about in the NBA because you're paying them salaries, right? Or NFL or whatever. I mean, like you go down to Dallas and Dak Prescott's face is on a poster. The Cowboys put it on there, or even Oklahoma City. I mean. They have players on their posters, on on billboards and stuff. They don't have to pay them anything. But you would if you're OU. It's definitely interesting. It's 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 changed. The landscape of college athletics probably will change more over the next five years than it ever has. Would that be fair to say? With the TV deals coming up in 2023, uh, with you know the, the name, image, likeness stuff that's going to come around in the next, I don't know, three years. I mean, the, the Florida law, if it passed, 
if it passes or has it passed, it would it would go into an effect in uh, January 2021. I mean, that's less than a year away. Yeah, I can't. I just can't wait for. I mean, I think the thing we'll notice the most is like you mentioned, Eddie, uh, influencer status. Like, you will just see Jalen Hurts randomly tweet out something about after my workouts when I when games are over, my work doesn't stop. I work out every day after after a win. And I use body armor to recover. I want to see the first person that uh, breaks into the the cannabis dispensary <laughs> after my game. That's games. not going to work. Why? Why not? Why not? Federally, it's federally illegal. What is the NC? And it's NCAA by. NCAA, what if it's illegal a, by NCAA? What if it's state? a medical condition? You still can't take it. Really? I really don't know. Can can players not go get their medical cards? No. No, I didn't know. No, I really don't know. But yeah, let's let's go ahead and give them a bunch of oxycodones after games. <laughs> Seriously, and I'm not saying that's what they're doing in Norman, but I mean at the pro level. Well, like, it's, it's got different names. I can't remember what the stuff is, but sure. there's definitely stuff that they're using. I mean that's ridiculous. That's but a, I mean that's just you're I I mean you're going to extremes there. I'm no, just saying, yeah, I know. I'm just saying. You're going to start seeing ads from college players more than ever. Sure. Well, and it and I, because that's a that's a perfect to me that's a perfect marriage of how to make money. Yeah. For these guys, no doubt. No Social doubt about media, it. absolutely. It will be it will be very intriguing because I think that. And the like, other thing is like does, guys at OU are recruiting now are going to benefit from this. Like, will OU like will universities use their official accounts? to advertise players to where they get a cut along with the players because they have bigger social media accounts for the most part. As a whole, is this a nightmare for schools? Or do you think most schools are yeah, have the they, foresight they, knowing They didn't that, want to do it because it is a nightmare. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of infrastructure. It's a lot of framework to put into... To, I mean, it's just like with us. What? It's like we sell ads for the podcast... It's ridiculous how much work has to go in just to to find someone to advertise, uh, to deal, you know, to, to to service that client throughout the season. I mean, I contracts and all that. Hey, we'll drop I your know because <laughs> you don't care about the business side of it. I mean, you 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 just you know you do the podcast. Like I'm the one that has to deal with all that stuff. It will be, and like as you said too, that the I mean, football players are obviously going to be your number one bargain and. Or at a school like Kentucky or North Carolina, yeah. it's going to be basketball, right? Or you know, I, I would have a hard time thinking that. How awkward will that be with Kansas in the beginning? When their players we'll just, are they'll continue crap. doing what they'll they've been continue. doing for the last <laughs> twenty years. They're, we already it'll got the be, we already got the known. blueprint. Yeah, it's legal the, now. But it would be interesting, <laughs> like a school like Cal State Fullerton. Will they be so able what to? Will, what will the Instagram account of the basketball stars at KU be like? Cash under the table. It's a really good thing try it no they'll just continue wearing adidas no they're just going to go into self's office and be like coach this check doesn't have adidas on it what's going on here <laughs> laundering money go see the folks over at launder money is us when i need recruiting information i go to soonerscoop.com <laughs> <laughs> who's going to be the face of soonerscoop.com we'll make it like we'll make it like a walk-on just to be ironic hipsters I'll holler at Finn Corwin today. We'll do like a, we'll do like a, Ian McIver, or something. So he can be like, I always wanted to be, I always wanted to be a four star, but I never was. 
so I keep up with who is on Soonerscoop.com. God, that's so wrong. It'd be funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> and then we could just have, like, Creed Humphrey laughing at him in the background. Then oh, Creed's pay, definitely going to be a part of it. Then we'd have to pay Creed. <laughs> oh, Carrie. You already get him Christmas presents. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Exactly. <laughs> just up his allowance, Carrie. <laughs> All right, I think we're ready for the podcast to be over today. <laughs> it has reached its good. You guys have to go to basketball media day anyway. Yeah, I just put on the rundown. You should have stopped listening 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you really did a rundown yeah. for me. Thank God. Thank you. All right, well, that's going to do it. Appreciate Josh, Eddie. I uh, want to remind you guys uh, also, uh, midfirst.com slash U40. Go sign up for that OU Rewards credit card. Also, think uh, Ed Eskridge over at Eskridge Lexus. Uh, if you're looking for a new Lexus, remember, uh, we uh, just took one of the 2019 LSs to Manhattan with us. They're fantastic. He's got over $12,000 off uh, the LSs. And they're not all like six-figure cars. Like some of the LSs are in the 80s and stuff like that. So some really good deals to be had right now. He's got over 10 2019 models. Uh, so give him a shout. If you're over in Tulsa, Dallas, EskridgeLexus.com, go check them out. Uh, great deals. Tell them that you're a Scoop uh, subscriber or listener. And uh, they will take care of you. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys back here again next week on the MidFirst Bank unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com.